listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with me, Jade Elliott, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. You're listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with myself, Jade Elliott, joined today by Emily Hart Hayes a certified nurse midwife and women's health nurse practitioner with Intermountain Healthcare. Emily, thanks so much for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's it's fun to be here again. Yes, it's always fun to have you. And we are talking today about uh, what to expect at prenatal appointments. You've taken the pregnancy test, you've found out that you're pregnant, and now you have to start your, your prenatal visits. You need to call your doctor and kind of follow those next steps. And of course, you know, all visits can be different kind of depending on um, how far along you are and, uh, you know, maybe um, if you're, you know, if it's your first or your fifth, if you're a high risk um, carrier, you know, all of those things. So you're gonna kind of walk us through what it all looks like and what we can expect uh, going forward. I have just within the last few weeks, I had my first prenatal appointment um, for our baby that we're expecting. And uh, in about a week, I'll have my second. So let's start at the first and talk about what the expectations are. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, you're expecting new new one. Um, so at, at your visits, a lot of people, especially if it's your first baby, you have no idea what to expect. Um, and what I can say is the, the first visit is is usually pretty long. That's a pretty long visit. So make sure you leave yourself enough time because there's a lot of questions that you'll probably have for your midwife or your doctor. And they are going to have a lot of things that they're going to want to talk to you about, even if you don't have a lot of questions. And there are some blood tests and things like that that happen at that visit. So usually when you find out you're pregnant, you're going to call your healthcare provider and you're going to make an appointment with your midwife or doctor. And if you don't already have a pregnancy care provider that you know, you can make an appointment with your primary care provider and, you know, ask around to your friends and family and look for um, recommendations on somebody. I think it's important to find a good fit in um, somebody who meets your style, who can communicate well with you, that you feel like answers your questions, and who um, who you trust, because you will be making lots of decisions together through the course of your pregnancy. So at your first visit, uh, we usually do this visit around six, eight weeks along in your pregnancy. And that means about two to four weeks after your missed period is when you can expect to have uh, on the earlier end your first visit. It might be a little bit later into your first trimester. But at your first visit, you're going to have a lot of time to talk. You're gonna um, bring a list of your questions because it's so easy to forget and you think, oh, everything's good. And then you're driving home and you're like, oh, I was gonna ask that. Um, so just make, keep a running list and you can ask your healthcare provider. They may say, you know, that question has to do with later on in your pregnancy. We have lots of time to talk about that. Let's focus on this early part of pregnancy today. Um, but keeping that list will make sure that you get all your questions answered at some point during your pregnancy. Um, so you're going to have a physical exam, kind of like your an annual exam, just a general head-to-toe physical um, to just check on your physical health. 
you're going to have a lot of questions asked of you about your health history, about if previous pregnancies, if you've had any, about your periods and if they're regular and what they're like. Um, we're going to be asking about your family history and your partner's family history and see if there's any risk for genetic um, disorders that may run in the family. Uh, we're going to ask about surgeries. Have you had previous surgeries? Any complications from those? Um, we're going to ask about your lifestyle. Do you exercise? Talk about nutrition. Talk about um, alcohol or tobacco or vape or drug exposure and medications. We're going to ask about what medications you take. Uh, so there's a lot of questions that we're going to talk to you about, and there's a lot of back and forth that can go through that. Uh, at many providers, you're going to have an ultrasound, either at that visit or around the same time, maybe scheduled a little bit later. Um, sometimes that might not happen if we're really sure about your period and we can be really confident in your due date based on your periods. Um, that might not happen, but more and more we're seeing first trimester ultrasounds to confirm your due date and make sure that we know exactly where you are in your pregnancy. First trimester ultrasounds are really accurate at dating pregnancies compared to, say, midway through or later on in your pregnancy. Um, and then we're going to do some blood tests and there's um, and some urine tests. So there's some standard tests that are recommended for everybody. And then there are tests that are available to everybody, but maybe people can choose whether or not to do those tests. So the standard tests include a blood test to look for your blood type, to do a blood count and see if you're anemic or if there are any signs of um things with your health. Um, we're going to screen for a whole bunch of infections that can affect pregnancy. Um, rubella is German measles. It's the R in the MMR vaccine. Uh, we want to make sure you're immune to rubella because exposure, if you've got an infection during pregnancy, it can affect um, the baby. Uh, HIV, hepatitis B and C, syphilis, um, you know, all sorts of infections. It's just this big panel that we do routinely. We check your urine for a urinary tract infection. A lot of people don't know this, but people during pregnancy are at risk for a urinary tract infection. And so we screen everybody at their first visit and check your urine for protein, look at baseline kidney function, stuff like that. If you have underlying health conditions, you may have additional things that they might check for. Blood sugar or thyroid or, I mean, there's, you know, it depends. But the routine tests are pretty standard across the board. And then in addition to those tests, there are um, options to do tests that look at the risk for chromosomal abnormalities, like Down syndrome is the most common of those. Um, and not everybody opts to do genetic testing for their pregnancy. Some people um, come to this from different places. Turns out we're all different, right? So um, some people opt to get testing because they're planners. They want to know what's coming down the pipe. They want to get all their resources together if they had a baby who was affected by Down syndrome or, or another chromosomal abnormality. Other people opt out. They say, yeah, no thanks. I um, am overall a healthy person. I don't have any family history of a genetic disorder. Um, it doesn't affect whether I would continue my pregnancy or not. And so I think I'm just going to say no thank you. And other people, it might affect whether they would continue their pregnancy or not. So everybody is different. And that's an option that you may or may not choose to do. So there's a lot to talk about because there's a lot of decisions to make, especially regarding that. They're going to introduce you to the way prenatal care works in their, in their clinic. So um, in some practices, um, we're group practices. 
and you see um, a group of providers, not just one provider. So in my group, there's five of us midwives and you can see any of us. And the person who's on call is going to be the person who cares for you during your labor and your birth. Whereas other um, providers might be, um, you see the same person the entire time. And as long as they aren't out of town or something isn't going on, then they would plan to be with you during your pregnancy or your labor and birth. So you're going to learn how to get to hold of them in an emergency and all of that. So there's a lot of hap- that happens at your first visit in addition to, you know, blood pressure check and weight check and, you know, all of that. Yeah. And about the genetics test, yeah. um, at what point can you can you start testing for that? Because you can't get it right away, right? Correct. So there are a handful of different tests available to folks um, to do genetic screening. Um, so there are tests that are blood tests or blood tests combined with an ultrasound that can be done in the first trimester after 10 weeks gestation. And some of those um, um, can give you information about the genetic disorders. Um, Some of them can tell you the sex of your baby. So a lot of people are really like, oh, that's that's what I want. You know, I want to know if I'm having a girl or a boy. Yeah, Um, that's why we did it. Yeah, that's a lot of people. (laughs) It's something that nudges them over. Um, And then there are other tests that you can't do until mid-pregnancy. So, for example, um, screening for neural tube defects or things like spina bifida. That's a test of the blood test for that is available in the second trimester. So, you know, learning about what's available to you, what's covered by insurance, what are the costs if it's not covered by insurance? Um, what are your risk factors? You know, mm-hmm. if you're 20 and have no family history of a genetic disorder, that might be different than if you're 45 and have um, a family history. So sure. things to consider. Yeah. And so then uh, once we get past that initial prenatal visit, mm-hmm. what's the course over the next 36 or so weeks look like yeah. are we are we doing monthly visits are we doing weekly what does it all look like i'm sure it depends you know based off of the health of the mom the health of the baby you know all yes. of those things a high risk pregnancy or not yeah. um but kind of just the standard what does it look like going forward yeah, yeah so as long as you don't have any complex medical problems or high risk pregnancy where we need to monitor the pregnancy a little bit more um the usual is that you see your provider once a month or every four weeks or so and in the first and second trimesters and then after in, once you get to the third trimester or 28 weeks or so we start seeing you every two weeks at the very end, in the last month of pregnancy, from 36 weeks until 40, which is when your due date is, I like to think of it as a guest date because uh-huh. <laughs> very few babies actually decide to come on that day. Um, but we like to see it more frequently, once a week at least, depending on what's going on, to check your blood pressure and monitor the growth of the baby because um, there are certain conditions that present themselves more frequently at the end of pregnancy. But if somebody has a concern, so say you come to your first prenatal visit and you feel great, and then two weeks later you start having bleeding or you feel like you might have a UTI or, I mean, we could come up with any number of things that people might experience, you should come in sooner than your next visit, right? You don't need to wait until that monthly visit. Like, well, I guess I I can't go in, you know, for sure call if you aren't sure if you need to be seen sooner. Sure. Uh, Yeah, always err on the side of caution. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so talking about the progression of the visits, uh, what will they start to look like? Because that first one, of course, is the long list of everything. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, going forward, what can we expect? Is there going to be an ultrasound at every visit going forward? Is right. there going to be more than that? Yeah. Yeah. So with that first one, one thing I left out is that we may do like health screenings that you'd normally get done at your annual exam. So if you were due for a pap smear, you might um, have a pap smear at your first visit. Um, if you have immunizations that are due, like if it's flu season, we would recommend a flu vaccine. Or nowadays, we're recommending the COVID vaccine for every pregnant person because pregnant people are at higher risk of getting severe COVID compared to when we're not pregnant. So just being pregnant is one of the things that increases our chances of having severe illness. And severe COVID can affect pregnancies, not just the health of the mom, but we see more complications um, including really serious complications, miscarriage and stillbirth, like really awful things um, when people get severe COVID. So there will be some discussion about vaccinations at your first visit too. But then, and moving forward, most people don't have an ultrasound at every visit. Um, High-risk pregnancies, certainly we may be doing that. Um, but uh, if you have a um, overall, you're healthy and your pregnancy is developing normally. The most visits are going to involve checking your blood pressure, checking your weight, make sure that your weight gain is um, going normally, uh, and to listen to the baby. So we always can hear baby's heartbeat and make sure baby is doing well. And then talking. I mean, most of the visits are just a chat. How are you feeling? What's going on? What questions do you want to make sure we talk about today? Um, and helping you because pregnancy can be incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> um, it can present new things that you never thought you'd ever have to deal with in your life, right? Um, headaches when you didn't used to have headaches, mm -hmm. uh, nausea, constipation, backache, hip pains, insomnia. And so mm -hmm. we can talk about things to help manage those common pregnancy symptoms at each visit. We promise it's fun, right? <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, especially just the heartbeat, right? That's the like, okay. There yeah. Go. Yeah. Later in pregnancy, we start, we do another set of blood tests. We check for gestational diabetes. Um, we check for anemia. Um, and we may, uh, rec well, we will recommend another vaccine that we recommend during third trimester for whooping cough or pertussis, which protects baby from that illness before, from the time they're born until they're a few months old when they can get their own vaccines and develop their own antibodies. So that's, that's the reason why we vaccinate for whooping cough boosters in the third trimester. We do an ultrasound midway through. That's the big one. Most people know about that. Where we, where, you know, used to be that's when you found out if you were having a girl or a boy. Right. <laughs> um, but that's a big anatomy scan. We look at your placenta, look at your cervix and your fluid levels and make sure your pregnancy is developing normally at around 20 weeks. That's about halfway through a pregnancy. And what about, you're talking about a lot of the other tests that will take place later on at your visits. Mm -hmm. um, you talked about, you know, the, the test for gestational diabetes and, uh, you know, some other things, the, and then the whooping cough. What about the strep B test? When, oh, yeah. when do you need to do that? Um, because you have to do it every pregnancy, right? Yeah, that's a good question. So group B strep is a bacteria that uh, about a third of us carry with us. It's just part of our normal flora. And it doesn't cause, in, um, usually it doesn't cause harm to us. It's not an infection. It's just part of what we're carrying. But 
um, in people who are carriers of group B strep, when they are giving birth, their babies can become exposed to that bacteria. And babies' immune systems just aren't quite as strong as ours, and they have um, a higher chance of developing a serious infection called group B strep sepsis that's rare, but when it happens, it's really quite serious. And so we test for that bacteria in everybody at 36 weeks or so, and make sure that we know because if you, it's a bacteria that like comes and goes. So you might be a carrier at one point in your life, but not in another. And so at 36 weeks, it helps us predict, is this going to be present at the time of birth? And if it is, then we recommend in antibiotics to prevent an infection in baby. It's one of the rare times in healthcare where we actually use antibiotics to prevent infection rather than to treat an infection, right? We don't usually use antibiotics in that way. Yeah, and as you said, it can come and go. So even though you may have tested positive for strep B in one pregnancy, that doesn't mean that you will in the next, right? Correct, yeah. So the test is predicted for about five weeks, which is why we wait till the end of pregnancy to test for that. Yeah, I found that to be absolutely fascinating. I I tested positive with my last pregnancy. So what did you do this time? Well, exactly, and that was the weird thing. I said, what what is this? What do you mean? And they're like, well, you can have it or you can't. You might not have it again or you might. It just depends. And I thought, this is wild. Yep, yep. It definitely is. And I think a lot of us worry like, ooh, I have have an infection, and Mm -hmm. then you don't. You know, obviously, we live in a world with microbes. We're learning that more than ever in the last few years. But uh, right. most of them are harmless, or many of them are harmless, right? And um, it's only any cer- under certain circumstances that group B strep can become harmful. And one of those is when a newborn is exposed at birth. Yeah, and we've actually um, we've been fortunate enough to talk with uh, providers too on our Baby Your Baby podcast all about the the strep B test and what that's like and you know, what needs to be done. So if anyone's curious about that, we have a podcast on that as well. So of course, of course we do. That's why you're like an expert on a pregnancy. Yeah. It's like when they say there's an app for that, I just say, well, we have a podcast for that. It's fine. I love it. <laughs> so now we've gotten through our visits. Uh, we've gotten, you know, up to our 36 week point. And what does it look like then over the Next, I mean, at that point, anything kind of goes between 36 and 40 weeks. Yeah, you have to settle into uncertainty at that point, right? Uh huh. It's hard. In our day and age, we're used to knowing when things are going to happen, and babies make that decision for us. So after 37 weeks, one is considered term, meaning if your baby were to come today, you wouldn't be considered a preemie or preterm. Um, so the risks of problems like difficulties with breathing or other problems are, are low. Um, and then we divide term into early term and term and late term, of course, because we've got to further slice it up. So most babies come term, 39 to 41 weeks. That's when most pe- babies decide to come. And so what we're doing is just monitoring that, right? You might get cervical checks at those visits. Not everybody does those routinely and some do. So that's a check to see if your cervix is starting to dilate. So a lot of people, they'll come home from their appointments and their sister or their mom's like, oh, how far are you dilated? Um, in my practice, I don't necessarily routinely check everybody's cervix every week because it's not a doesn't really predict whether you're going to go into labor tomorrow or in two weeks, but certainly it helps us know, like, where are you right this very moment? 
And sometimes we're just really, really curious what's happening with our bodies. So, so you may get routine cervical checks. You may have a conversation and decide whether you want to have your cervix checked. Um, and then some people might schedule an induction of labor. That's a planned delivery. Um, if they have medical conditions, um, others maybe just be talking about when's it time to come to the hospital? When will I know if I'm in labor? How do I get a hold of you? Do I just go to the hospital? So kind of talking through those logistics and, and learning about what to expect. I also always recommend doing a childbirth education class. Always. Mm-hmm. Um, I think knowing what to expect reduces anxiety a lot. And just knowing the processes and can be incredibly helpful. Yeah. So those, those things are talked about in those classes as well. Because now we're at the point to, um, we're having a baby and, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to bring that baby home. Um, and, and from that point, the doctor's visits don't stop right away either. Right. I mean, it's not like just because baby's born, we're like, all right, my job's done. There's this whole thing called postpartum, right? And in fact, when we look at health risks and we look at when people are at risk for complications, the postpartum period is very vulnerable, not just for um, medical conditions like um, hemorrhage or infection, or you can even have high blood pressure syndromes like preeclampsia. That can even happen postpartum. Um, in addition to that, we're at risk for postpartum depression and anxiety and other postpartum mood disorders during the postpartum period. We're learning breastfeeding. If we're, you know, that's like, oh my gosh, that's a whole nother thing. So your visits postpartum are really important to come to reach out to your healthcare provider if you're having any of the warning signs that they're going to go over with you after your baby's born and when you leave the hospital, because um, those can be serious, serious things that we definitely don't want to ignore. I think that we all are all about the baby after the postpartum, well, after baby's born, right? Like yeah. nobody wants to see you anymore. They come over and they're like, where's the baby? You're like, you're like hey, I'm I gave birth to that. <laughs> I just birthed a human. Yeah. A little support. So, so yeah, that's what we're there for. And baby's going to be getting their own checkups with their pediatrician or their um, primary care provider. And then you're going to get your check- checkups with your midwife or doctor as well. Yeah. They're going to talk to you about like birth control. What do you want to do for contraception? How do you want to do family planning? What are your options? Um, and that's something that you may be discussing with your care provider through the third trimester, too, just so you don't have to decide that all at once, all at the end. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, the thing I like about it, though, as you were saying, you know, a lot of people, they like a plan or they like, you know, they like to see the course of action. Uh, others, not big planners, they just kind of go with the flow and, you know, you tell me what to do kind of thing. Um, but with this, with the with the prenatal appointments, it is nice because there is kind of just this set plan and mm-hmm. it's nice because it's all kind of laid out there for you of what to expect. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything's going to be a surprise when you have a baby anyways, but luckily for this, there's kind of no surprises in the sense of you guys just help us along. <laughs> you get us through appointment to appointment. <laughs> There's uncertainty, right, that you're not alone in this, that you've got a team of people who are there to help you and guide you through it. Yeah. You don't have to figure it out on your own. No, and I think that's great. And I mean, and that's, you know, that's why we do 
these podcasts too. I mean, that's why we have the baby, your baby podcast so that, you know, everyone listening can realize we're all here with you. We're all doing it together. Um, no one's on an Island by themselves trying to figure this all out. And, and, you know, like we mentioned earlier, just talking to your provider, just how important that is. You know, um, you were saying, you know, some people feel like apologetic. I have so many questions or I'm so sorry to bug you again, or, Oh, I forgot to ask you this, but I feel like it's kind of important. Don't be apologetic. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you don't know. And I mean, for you as a provider, you want mom and baby to be as healthy and comfortable and safe as possible. So ask your questions. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we so appreciate you, Emily Hayes Hart with Intermountain Healthcare talking about our prenatal appointments, what we can expect from the first one to the last one. And then thereafter, thank you so much for walking us through it. Absolutely. It's like I said, it's always a pleasure to be here with you. We love having you. And that concludes this episode of the baby or baby podcast. Thanks for joining me, Jade Elliott and our guest for this week's baby or baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.